Hello and welcome to VoiceWorks Sound Business, a podcast all about audio, podcasts, technology and the people who make it all work. I'm excited to get into today's episode because I admit, for me, it's a bit of a blind spot when it comes to podcasting. I'm talking podcast SEO, but despite my blind spot, it is undoubtedly an incredibly useful tool when it comes to getting your podcast found and heard. Now, I think I know how some of it works. I definitely know how bits of it work, but I'm hoping that this chat with Castos Craig Hewitt will help fill in those blanks. Castos is a US podcast company that claims to be the easiest way to start a new show, and they've got expertise across growth and monetization. Craig is the founder and CEO of that company. So let's get stuck into it. Everything you need to know about podcast SEO. Craig, how you doing? Where are you and how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. I am at my home office in Rhode Island and doing great. Rhode Island sounds like a very cool and trendy place to be. It's one of those places in the world that I imagine you go out and it's just a hustle and bustle and there's like great food on every corner. Is it like that in real life or is that just what we're sold by the movies? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a neat place to live. Yeah, it's it's maybe not quite as kind of hustling and bustling where I am at least, but uh, yeah, it's it's a neat place to live. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me on Sound Business today. We're here to talk about podcast SEO, a very underestimated and under understood part of podcasting. So I guess for this one, we need to kind of start at the beginning. When we talk about podcast SEO, which is a phrase that's thrown around a lot, what exactly are we talking about? Yeah, I think this is uh, like the definition could definitely be debated. But but for me, podcast SEO is uh, the ability for people to find your podcast in directories like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Usually this is dictate like the discoverability of this dictated by search results so someone Mm -hmm. goes in and searches for historical fiction or true crime or something like that and your podcast would show up and there's kind of a handful of ranking factors we believe kind of go into that like a lot of seo nobody knows exactly for sure that that's kind of the definition and kind of where it stands for me are we purely focusing on discovery within podcasting apps like apple and spotify or does this spread into the the wider world of seo at the same time because obviously a lot of people find their podcasts via spotify apple Castbox, whatever it happens to be but there's also a large population of people who will be blindly typing into a search engine podcast about cats yeah that's a good point and i think that the intent of those two searchers may be different you know one is uh your podcast should show up in google or bing results for kind of general web terms but the mm. intent of that searcher or or the intent that you build that you know page for might be different than in a podcasting director like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You know, the latter, I expect that person to find my show and subscribe and listen to every episode. That That's like the goal. The goal of like web-based SEO for a podcast for me is like, hey, get to the page for this episode, maybe. Like it's a specific okay. episode that you have kind of SEO optimized. And it shows up for a particular keyword. And then generally what we think is like people want to take some kind of business action on, on that site, sign up for an email list, schedule a trial, do a consultation, whatever it is. So for me... In a B2B podcast kind of world, podcast SEO on a website is all about how do I create this content so that it has kind of like this digital footprint that then brings traffic in that are related to my kind of broader business objective. I guess potentially people are more familiar with the idea of what I'll describe as traditional SEO, as in the thing that that make you 
rank on Google and whatnot than they are mm-hmm. with podcast SEO. How do they vary? Are fundamentally the practices the same? Yeah, I think I think for the web-based SEO, the the fundamentals are exactly the same. The, the way I practice them, at least, right? Like we have mm-hmm. an article or or a, a, an episode, I should say, and it has a, you know a person. Maybe that person is the keyword that we're trying to rank for there, or it's me and my co-host, and we're talking about a particular topic. We want that to be the thing that we rank for. Typically, it would be like quite long tail for me, at least. Like it would be hard to imagine a podcast episode ranking for a term like email marketing, right, or video editing sure. or something like that, right? It would be just like more long term, more more kind of nuanced. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to SEO, like we write show notes for each episode, which is like a you know written summary of it, and it's you know kind of like a page long or something like that. If you're looking at a Google Doc, and and that's the kind of written part of it. The other part that comes into it that honestly you hear kind of conflicting opinions on is like the effect of transcripts to SEO, mm. uh, if you're thinking about like web-based SEO. In terms of the podcast app discovery, because I think that's probably where most people are turning their attention, what do we need to be thinking about to help our discovery, help our returns in those areas? Because it's a notoriously difficult world to get found in. Yeah, sure is. It sure is. I, you know, I kind of equate it to optimizing like your LinkedIn profile, maybe, right? You Mm. want a good image. You want a, I'll say like keyword appropriate, (laughs) like title and description and like, you know, the title or the the author field, you know, all of those that can have keywords in them if, if appropriate. Apple in particular, a couple of years ago started penalizing people for keyword stuffing, which before was a really good way to rank. You know, it's like, if you like podcasts like Mixer G and My First Million or whatever, you could just put that in like your description and, and the even author field. And okay, just nicking other people's titles. So when they're searching for, oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, Apple got smart to that and started penalizing folks for doing that. But you, you certainly could have like, for your podcast title, you could have like, for SEO professionals looking to grow web traffic to their sites for B2B applications or something like that, right? Mm. Like that that's perfectly fine thinking about like an author field, but like, you know, the title of the podcast as a whole, not an episode, but like title of the podcast, the description, which is like paragraphs long maybe. And then the author field or the host field can be your name, but can be words after. And then I think that like a subjective one that folks overlook is that cover image, right? Like the image probably should have the name of your podcast in the image file, right? But also like should look good and should be easily yeah. recognizable. That's more of like um, the analogy of like a click-through rate optimization thing, right? Is like, if I see this pretty looking image and it's very obvious to me what this is all about, I'm probably going to click through and maybe subscribe if I'm looking at the the search results in Apple Podcasts for, you know, best business podcast, the things that get you to those search results would be things like title and description and host fields. But then the click through would be like, what does that image look like? Is it appealing? Is it easy to tell what the podcast is all about? You mentioned the image title there. Is that something that's being scraped by the search engines or is that kind of, does that fall into the unknown bucket that we were talking about? Yeah, very much the latter. Yeah, I I have to believe, right? I mean, I think it's pretty well established in conventional SEO that that the title of the image, you know, affects the Mm. rankability of it. Yeah. In terms of keywords, because I think most people are familiar with the fact that they have to include keywords in their podcast titles, some hosting platforms have the ability to tag certain keywords some don't so the impact that has i guess is a little bit unknown as well how do you make sure you're including the right keywords because in podcasting it's not quite as competitive as going into google and typing i don't know say basketball but 
in podcasting still, if you type the term basketball, there are a million different results for that. So how do you make sure you're using the right keywords for your content? Is it just a gut feel? Is it just knowing your audience or is it a little bit more nuanced than that? Are there tools we can tap into? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know of any tools that are built specifically for podcast SEO. You know, I think about like an analogy like TubeBuddy for YouTube, which is like a, a you know keyword research and ranking tracking tool for YouTube. I, I don't know of one for, for podcasting. It would be super interesting to look at some of that data that those folks would, would aggregate. You know, the interesting thing about podcasting is it is kind of entirely open, right? There's a bunch of services that scrape Apple Podcasts and just aggregate all that data. They certainly could could build like search insights. I don't know of any that, that exist for, for that purpose. Yeah, when it comes to to keywords, I do keyword research for my podcast, just like I do it for, for regular web SEO. Just thinking the same way I would target a keyword would apply on the web as it does in a directory. So like, again, the name of a guest or a kind of long tail topic, if it's a, a co-host type show, that that's how I approach it. And, and it is... It is probably less scientific in the end than like web-based content that we create that has SEO like intentions to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if a lot of the a lot of the content we write for our blog does have like SEO purpose behind it, but some doesn't, right? And I think that's an important point is like any kind of content should have a job. And some mm-hmm. sometimes that's like links or virality or brand or something like that. Sometimes it's we want to rank for best podcast equipment. And so we're gonna write a content a piece of content that specifically should rank for that. But not all of your content should be written with SEO in mind, I believe. But but it should have some other kind of broader content objective. I guess that's a big difference between podcast SEO and regular SEO is if you're writing, say for example, this podcast, as you used it as an example earlier, we're looking at podcast SEO. So you might for web content, write as your title, how do I generate good podcast SEO, for example. That is likely to be a question that would be typed into a search engine, but might not be something that is typed directly into a podcast search. Yeah. So for the the episode name maybe for the, for this episode could be something like podcast SEO with Craig Hewitt from Castos. And then you're kind of covering several bases there. You mentioned earlier the idea of having a website for a podcast, which I know if you look at any, particularly in the States, actually, it seems to be an essential to having a podcast. You need to have a dedicated website. You need to have a page for every episode. You need to have a transcript for every episode. How much value does that stuff have in terms of discoverability and SEO. Yeah, I think it depends on the goals for whatever the podcast is related to. So so what we say is if you have a podcast that is just for the podcast, right? If it's not part of a bigger brand or an e-commerce store or your consultancy or something like that, then if it's just by itself, then you don't need a whole website that does a standalone mm-hmm. customizable tool. The ones like we build with our platform are great, right? They solve all the problems and arguably a lot better than than some people's podcast websites that are built independently because you got to have you know a bunch of plugins for wordpress or you got to customize a squarespace site or something like that like the ones out of the box that we make are a lot better than kind of 95 percent of people's podcast websites for their brands but at the end of the day you don't own that site you don't Mm. own like google pixels for retargeting or the ability to drop in like a hubspot form or email capture or something like that so while they're great they're not entirely customizable and if you want to really integrate your podcast to your broader brand and have folks who land on the episode page 
go look at your pricing and schedule a consultation or whatever, buy from your e-commerce store, like you just can't do that if the podcast portion of your website is not integrated into the rest of the website, but it's like a standalone thing. So that's kind of where we draw a line. It's like if the podcast is a standalone thing and you have no ambitions of it being a bigger thing, then just like buy the domain, point it at the websites that we make. And you could go to like audiencepodcast.fm is our podcast, right? That's the website that we make for every every podcast we create. And it's just like a podcast that stands alone for us. But if you want to look at how it's integrated into a regular site, you could look at like castos.com slash podcasts, which shows several of our shows. And kind of you can click through and discover more about our brand from there. So that, that's kind of how we think about the two flavors of like podcast website applications. That's a great differentiation to have, actually. It's like what are you doing with your podcast? If it's bigger than just the show itself, then maybe you need to think about the ecosystem around it. If it is just the show, then maybe there's a little bit less you need to do with that stuff. Yep. In terms of Google, and to some extent Apple, we know they have audio search tools that can examine audio, it can pull keywords from that audio. Potentially in the future, you'll be able to zero in on certain parts of podcasts where if they contain the information or the topics you're looking at. If it's possible to be less transparent than how podcast SEOs or podcast charts work, it seems to be slightly less transparent than that. We don't even know if it's happening across every podcast or whether it's happening across certain titles. Is that something that we can take advantage of as content creators in terms of manipulating our audio to suit podcast SEO? Yeah, I don't know the answer. (laughs) I don't know the answer. You have to believe that at some point Google will start indexing audio content. I believe that they already kind of are, but we're not quite seeing it. But yeah, I mean, I think, and this is where, like, we always say that podcasting is the most efficient form of content creation, right? Because in, you know, this 30 minute or whatever conversation, you'll have an audio podcast. We could be recording video and publishing it to YouTube. You could create a transcript, you could create a blog post, and you could create some social content from it, Mm. right? There's no other way you can spend 30 minutes (laughs) and, and get like five or six different pieces of content that arguably all are marketing assets and or like SEO assets that that can like build to this accumulation of like kind of digital footprint that you're looking for. Yeah, I I believe that if it's not happening already and showing up in the results that it should and will in the next like couple of years. And I think that applies to AI too, right? Like the the whole big thing right now is chat GPT. There's no reason they can't just feed the whole podcast world into into that model and it understand it pretty well. It's a very scary and exciting world the uh, the world of ai at the moment something sure, i'm absolutely yep. fascinated by but i've no idea how it's going to shape up in any way in terms of what you've talked about today how valuable can it be how impactful can it be to get this stuff right is it a potential game changer for podcasts and podcast discoverability if they can get it right or is it small things having small impacts but it's that whole idea of if you improve a lot of things one percent then you've suddenly got a bigger percentile yeah i think that it it is not the one thing that will make your show. The one thing that will make your show is having really great content and publishing it consistently over a long period of time. Look at all the data. There's almost no podcasts that just come out and hit it big in the first, you know, couple of months. Uh, unless you're you have a huge following already and, and you know like a celebrity or something. But even then, like I think they need a period of time to to really see some strong traction. To me, 
having SEO in mind when you create written content, especially is important as like a a best practice checklist. And we'll just make sure that the effort that you're putting into creating a podcast and editing it and doing a transcript and creating social content and all that kind of stuff is maximized, right? So you're going through all this effort to book a guest and have a conversation and spending hours doing this stuff. The relatively small amount of extra time to optimize SEO is, is important. And it's, it's important not to waste that opportunity to me. What's the one thing that, as a content creator, I could do tomorrow that would make potentially some kind of difference in this area? Is there one thing that if I'm going to do one thing and one thing only and probably nothing else, I should 100% be thinking of? Yeah, I think it's optimizing the title, the description, and the host field in in your podcast to include reasonable, relevant uh, keywords in them. You know, don't keyword stuff or you'll get banned or kicked out of Apple, but you should have some and you should be thinking about like, if someone is searching for this kind of show, those meta fields are the things that the search, however it works, are going to reference. And you want to make sure those keywords are in there and, and make sure they're contextual. Craig, really appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us a whistle-stop tour of podcast SEO. If people want to go a bit deeper and find out more, where can they find out more information from you and the people at Castos? Yeah, so castos.com is where everything that we do is. And if folks want to reach out to me on Twitter, I am at the Craig Hewitt. Send me a message there and DMs are always open. I will put the links in the podcast description along with a load of other brilliant SEO tips and tricks and that will help you find this podcast in the first place. But Craig, thanks very much for taking the time and speaking to me on Sound Business. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Amazing. I feel enlightened about podcast SEO. Thank you very much to Craig Hewitt from Castos for his time. The links he mentioned you can find in the podcast description. If you are new to VoiceWorks Sound Business, if this is your first episode, take some time to look through the back catalogue of some of the other topics we've covered because there's something for everyone, no matter what you do in audio and no matter what level of expertise you have. So take a look and pick something you fancy. And I'll be back soon with another VoiceWorks Sound Business. If you want help with your audio strategy, you can, of course, talk to the VoiceWorks team and you can find us at voiceworks.ai.